and welcome to episode 21 of Rock Talk for Industrial Components. My name is Bill Martin. And I'm Kate Sokolnicki. Kate, that's a new name. Yes, I'm not Paul. <laughs> yeah, you don't sound like Paul. Nope, not at all. Well, Kate, hey, welcome to the show. I know Paul is retiring, so we needed to find a, a new co-host. And, uh, and thank you for, for volunteering for, uh, for being uh, Paul's replacement. And uh, Kate, you want to tell us a little about who you are? Thank you. Yeah, I was flattered. I know I have some big shoes to you fill do. here. Paul yeah. had big feet, so. <laughs> I am also a business manager in the sensing safety and industrial components business like you and Paul. But I sit way out in the East Coast in our Chelmsford office with all the sensing and safety guys. And I have been with Rockwell about seven years now. And previously, I was in the sensing and safety business as a product manager and then a portfolio manager. So I, I know the, the business out there. And then I also have a team in Milwaukee now. So I have all of our relays, timers, wiring systems, IS barriers, and signal conditioners, and our terminal blocks in my portfolio. Well, Kate, it'll be really nice to have you as a co-host because Paul and I really hugged all the topics for motor control and... Uh... I know. Get some more logic in there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so it'll be nice to balance this out. So so welcome to the show, Kate. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And so speaking of the show, hey, what's our, uh, what's our topic for today? Yeah, our topic today is unleash the power of IO-Link. Ooh, IO-Link. Yeah, this is great. I'm looking forward to this topic. Yeah, and we have a shout out. Thank you to John Session, who's our, our business lead out of Pittsburgh, who is the inspiration for today's topic. Yeah, John's actually had quite a few uh, shout outs already. So John, thank you again for this additional one. Looking forward to this one. You know, after talking with John a little bit, you know, there's a lot of different discrete devices I've traditionally been, you know, just on off. You just plug it in either into an input module of an input card of a PLC or maybe the, the output port of a PLC output card, but, you know, being a former firmware guy, I know there's a lot of microprocessors in today's electronics. So it seems like in a lot of these traditional on-off type products, there probably is a, a wealth of information inside a lot of these, these different things. So it'd be great if there's a cost-effective way to, to get that data out besides just on-off. Yeah, I mean, definitely don't want to put Ethernet into a little tiny uh, sensor or industrial component. That, that would be too expensive. So I think there could be a better way. And we have Amanda Pattinson here. She's a distributor specialist from Warner Electric in Green Bay. And she is here to talk to us a little bit more about ILink. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm Amanda Pattison. I work at the Warner Electric Supply. I'm in the Green Bay office, but our corporate is in Appleton. We cover all of Wisconsin and the UP of Michigan. And I've been with Warner for, I just had my 11-year anniversary. So, Welcome to the show, and thank you for uh, talking to us about uh, IO-Link. I guess another inspiration for this topic was, you know, I, was that last year or was that two years ago? I went to Warner Electric's uh, Inform event. Ironically, it was at Lambeau Field. That was that was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, I first came to say hi to you on the show floor, and I, I saw a demo that you put together of some traditional on-off things, you know, like, like stack light or some circuit protectors. Now, you kind of blew me away of what you had set up there. So I was wondering if you could today kind of talk about what you had put together for the Inform event. I would love to. 
so basically my purpose for that demo is really I wanted to show our customers how easy it is to integrate smart components into the control systems and kind of what the benefits are that they could get for using those smart components. And for anybody that doesn't know, since we're talking about IOLink, if you don't really know what IOLink is, basically it is an open serial communication protocol and it does allow you to turn historically, I'll say dumb devices in quotation marks, dumb devices, I say like our standard discrete sensors that'll either give you just a one or a zero. IOLink allows you to turn those dumb devices into smart devices. You still get the one or a zero, but you also get diagnostics and configuration data that you can utilize in your control system. IOLink systems, they, they do consist of an IOLink master, a standard three-wire cable, and the IOLink enabled device. So what, what devices did you have on that demo? I utilized the 856T Stacklight, and I had the 1694 electronic circuit protection devices. And basically for the Stacklight, typically with our Stacklights, each one of the circuits that you fire is going to take up a standard I.O. point in your control system. So you just, the Stacklight, you can do up to seven different circuits. So that would take about seven different discrete I.O. points in your system. But if you use it over I.O. link, then it's just one connection that you have to do. And you can configure everything in Studio 5000 utilizing the add-on profile. Yeah, and another cool thing about it is that you can, basically what I did for my demo is that you can fire these off by just using numerical values that the user manual spells out numerical values that you can use to make, let's say you have a multicolored module, which I use the multicolored module. If you put move a numerical value into the control tag, then that'll tell you if your color is going to be blue or if it's going to be green or if it's going to be one of the seven different colors that you can get. And you can do that with just having steady lights. You can also move a different numerical value into it and it gives you a slow flashing or a fast flashing, depending on what you want to use in your program. So you don't have to set up any timers or anything. It's really easy. The next step is we got to have a demo where you like have some music synchronized to the lights flashing and changing colors and stuff. That'd be cool. Maybe for next year's show, Amanda, or this year's show. Yeah. <laughs> so you talked about the Towerly and the ECP. What other devices are on ILE? Well, there's a lot of different devices. Those are the two output devices that Rockwell has. A lot of the other sensors that we have are more of the input devices that are available on IOLink. We've got the right sight sensors, which is one of the biggest seller that we have. Those are the 42 EFs. We've got the 42 AFs. We've got the true color sensor. We've got the color mark sensors, laser measurement sensors, and some pressure switches. And we also have some inductive proximity sensors that are on IOLink as well, and ultrasonics. So um, you talked about, you know, can we reduce wiring, especially like for the, the stack lights? And IOLink's kind of a nice low-cost network. And so besides like on-off, what kind of data can you read from from all these devices, whether it's stack light or an ECP or, or a sensor? I'm guessing it's kind of a wide range of things depending on the type of device. It is a wide range of things. Um, for the ECPs, you can actually turn on and off each channel and you can reset it over the network. Rockwell has another version of the ECP. It's the standard ECP. So if you want to turn each one of those channels on or off, you have to physically push a push button, which kind of requires you to go and open a cabinet. And that's kind of a no-no, typically. I'm actually not an electrical engineer. That's yeah. a, a little known fact about me. I am chemical. 
So I had to deal with scary things on the chemical side and I had a lot of PPE there, but I never learned how to work with electrical PPE. Yeah, it's not fun. And I know it's not fun putting it on or taking it off. And if you utilize the IO leak version of the ECP, then you can do all of your resets and all of your turn turn the channels on and off over the network so you don't have to open that cabinet anymore. Yeah, so that's the ECP. A lot of the sensors, depending on which sensor that you get, the biggest thing is that it provides a heartbeat. So it's telling you that the sensor is out there and it's good and it's still running and it's still seeing and stuff like that. Because if you didn't have that heartbeat and you had a super critical application where you don't know if your sensor right. gets turned or if it's dirty or if it's just not signaling, iolink allows you to get that heartbeat back to make sure that you're actually still connected to the network. Yeah, and it would always register zero because if you have a conveyor that has packaging or packages coming down the line and yeah. it's the last sensor in the line and your packages start ending up on the floor. Imagining the uh, the toilet paper mills up in Green Bay probably went like that. Did you know Green Bay is the toilet paper capital of the world? I do now. One little trivia fact for today. Yeah. Interesting. I bet that was a uh, point of pride during the early pandemic, perhaps, or or maybe a Oh, maybe something you wanted to yeah. avoid talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say when I was in the sensing business and learning about iLink, one of the most common ones was like a, a forklift might like knock a sensor out of alignment or like literally knock it off and just take the thing out. And then if you don't have iLink telling you this heartbeat of like, hey, my sensor's here, it's working. You don't realize there's a problem on that conveyor until you've got yeah the boxes ending up on the floor or piling up in a big pile, and then it's kind of too late to remedy it, and you lose a lot of yield on the line. So that was it. Seems really simple, but that was one of the most exciting things for people. They're like, oh great, when like somebody knocks it with a forklift. <laughs> you know, even like for the electronic circuit protector, I think Amanda also talks about you know, like the current draw, max current draw if it's in a warning state. Correct. The little LEDs on the front, it's yeah. an LED and a micro push button. It's going to tell you if you're at like 90% of your current rating. But <laughs> right. if you use the standard version, you still have to open the cabinet to see that LED. But if you use the IOLink version, it'll come as a tag and you'd be able to put it up on the on the screen or you'll be able to see it in the tag to open the cabinet. Some other cool features that you get from IOLink, per, depending on which sensor you're using, you do get margin indication. And this is basically just telling you how strong your signal is. So if you're in a really dirty environment and your sensor starts to get dirty and you start to lose margin, same thing if your sensor is getting knocked off, you can send a signal saying, hey, my sensor is getting dirty. Somebody go out and clean it or somebody blast a, a thing of air at it just to clean it off. Because I know some customers just constantly are blasting air on those and they, they might not need to be cleaned at that time. So this one, maybe they can save a few bucks on the compressed air by actually doing it when it needs it. Yeah, adds a little predictive maintenance capability to really simple devices. And one more cool feature is recipes. So you can actually set up recipes. So we have a 45 CRM. It's a color mark type sensor. I have a lot of customers using this where they can set up. So you have different wraps with different color marks on them, and they can do a quick changeover and just load the, the recipe into the controller. And then it, they don't have to go out and reteach the sensor. It's all that information is, and all that configuration data is going to get pushed right down to it. You know, I think the stack light has some interesting values in it too. Right. It's not just on off, right? Correct. Yeah, that's cool. And then um, I think they have some uh, vibration stuff too, don't they? They do. 
could do X, Y, and Z axis vibration. I wouldn't use it as a replacement of a vibration monitoring system, but it does give you some data. So yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of a lot of great info instead of just on and off the the link based devices. So how easy is it from your building the the demo and from working with your customers? How easy is it to work with Iolink? You know, the wiring, that configuration, displaying information. Well, all of the devices are configured using the add-on profile in Studio Five Thousand, so you don't have to go out and tweak and push push teach or anything on any of the end devices. Everything can get configured in Studio. There's also no special cables or connectors. A lot of my customers like that. They can just use the standard same cable that they would use if they were wiring it to a standard input. It's that standard three-wire cable. Another cool feature about Rockwell devices, so if you're using a Rockwell device with the add-on or with the IOLake Master and then a Rockwell controller, like Compact Logics or regular Logics, they are set up for automatic device configuration. And basically, automatic device configuration, you know, a sensor is not going to fail when somebody's there that actually knows what's going on and can go and reset it. It usually fails at like three in the morning (laughs) when the third shift guys don't have that capability of getting into the controller to see what's going on. So basically what automatic device configuration does is if the third shift guy can go replace that sensor that was failed with the same exact sensor, and then all that configuration data that's stored in the controller is going to get pushed out automatically to that sensor, and they'll be up and running in minutes instead of calling maintenance, waiting for them to get there, trying to figure out what's going on. So. And I think another thing on, well, definitely for the sensors, and maybe yep. you probably know better on those output devices, but it's the same catalog number, whether you want to wire it discrete or whether you want to wire it IO-Link. So that's another nice thing is if they have both in a factory, they can still stock just one catalog number in their back stock. So they, you know, somebody can just go pull and it doesn't matter. They don't have to be like, oh, where's the IO-Link version? Like there's one version, at least for the sensors. I know that's true. Oh, that's a good point too. And gives kind of gives a OEM an option too if they want to have like a an right. intelligent machine versus an intelligent machine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You could do that with the stack light. You just have to replace the base with the IO link base, but you can still use the same light modules. You know, I know there's a lot of data, Amanda. <laughs> What's a convenient way to display all this information? I was just gonna say that. There's also really nice face plates available on the sample code website that have been configured. And these really do help to speed up your implementation process. There's faceplates for the 856Ts now. Still waiting for the 1694. And there's faceplates for all of the main sensors. You know, so um, being the uh, procrastinistic person that I am, when we went to Automation Fair last November, I literally had two days to put together my my demo <laughs> before we traveled down to Houston. And so I, I used your project file from your Inform event. And in, yeah, it took me about 30 minutes. I had both the stack lights and the 1694 electronic circuit protector all configured in my Studio 5000 project with my Compact Logics. And then I had my faceplates loaded in to my PanelView 5000. And yeah, everything was up and running, like I said, in 30 minutes. It was uh, amazing. So Kate, if I could do it, I bet you could do it too. Or are the birds? I probably could. I have built, I've built a Nihilink demo before for an automation fair. Because Amanda, how long did it take you roughly to put together your little demo for the Inform event? Well, the IO-Link stuff, it took a few days for the IO-Link. I also had some SIP safety devices on there. Those took a little bit longer because I had to teach myself the GuardLogix programming. 
but uh, about two weeks to put everything together. It's pretty quick and easy to do. In fact, I think Jurg's going to be launching a video here soon. He's showing you how to do it live, real time, the the faceplates. So look look for that here soon. Cool. Yeah, I think when I made demos, the hardest part is actually the discrete wiring. <laughs> like anything I had to actually wire back to a terminal block, that part of it was, was time consuming. But the actual, the sensors, you know, the on-machine sen- sensors have the M12. That's super easy. And then I don't think programming in the add-on profile also super easy. So I think it was the discrete part that was more challenging. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And if one wire is mislabeled, that sure throws you off. <laughs> no, it seems like uh, all the tools are there. They're all they're all free, right? As long as you have Studio 5000, you can download all the add-on instructions, faceplates. I think almost all the IO-Link devices have some form of video, too, to help show how to set all this up, as I recall. I did do a video for our Warner Electric Supply YouTube channel on how to set up a 42 EF right site sensor. So that's out there. Cool. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of great advantages to IO Link. It's simple to connect. There's a lot of uh, supporting tools out there to help you get, get you up and running really fast. Sounds like a lot of our distributor specialists are up to speed on it as well. And, uh, you know, if any of our listeners want to learn a little bit more about uh, IO Link devices and how to set up a system, you know, how, how would they uh, go about to learn about some more information? Well, if you are listening in Wisconsin or the UP of Michigan, you can contact us at Werner Electric Supply or your local salesperson at Werner. Or if you're not listening in Wisconsin or the UP of Michigan, you can contact your local distributor. <laughs> or you can also visit rockwellautomation.com, and there's a lot of good information, videos. So, Kate, are you a, um, are you a Tom Brady fan? So <laughs> it's a complicated situation, as you might know, for those of us who formerly called Tom Brady our quarterback. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. It's we don't we don't know who to cheer for and what to what to believe well, anymore. Maybe at this year's NFC championship game in Green Bay where we we may actually beat Tampa. We'll see. <laughs> we'll come and talk to Amanda about IO Link. Yeah. So I was gonna say go pack go. That's uh, who you cheer oh, for. That's great. So yeah, <laughs> all of our distributors are up to speed all this stuff or yeah, just go to uh, rockautomation.com. There's a lot of great info out there. I, I will say this is the one of the maybe fewer times that our website has a nice, if you actually just search on the website for IOLink, there is a landing page for IOLink and it does list every single IOLink device and you can then just click on them. Uh, I know that's not always the case. Like if you try to search SIP safety, you just get like a million things instead of, you know, a list of all our SIP safety devices. But if you search IOLink, there is a landing page, which is nice. Great. So Amanda, that all sounds great. Is there anything else that we missed that people should be aware of? There was one thing I wanted to point out. Like I said before, that IOLink is an open protocol. So it's not just Rockwell devices that are IOLink enabled. There's a lot of devices out there that are IOLink enabled. I know with our SMC actuators, there's some IOLink enabled ones. And there's also other manufacturers that make IOLink devices. Uh, I guess they probably have um, IOLink device profiles too, right? Yep. Every single IO-Link device is going to be have an IODD associated with it. That's the IO device descriptor, similar to an EDS file. If you're familiar with EDSs that they use in RS-Links, it's basically just all of the configuration information is going to be in that IODD file. And then you'd add that where you need to add that. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. I know it's somewhere in Studio or one of the folders in Studio. And then it'll show up in the in when you're configuring in your IO-Link master. 
Yeah. And I think also the name tags as well. Yeah. And offline programming. I think if you have a third party, like the tags don't come in formatted. Not 100% sure. Oh, yeah. I think some are kind of cryptic. It's just a array of integers or something. Yeah. It, exactly. Yeah. So you'd have to have their like user manual or, or something like that to kind of decode it. Right. No, this is great, uh, Amanda. Thanks for all the information about IO Link. Like I said, I was super impressed when I saw you at the Informed event and I had to get you on the show to talk about your demo. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Good job, Kate. Even if you're a <laughs> man, we, we won't hold that again. No, I, I grew up in Green Bay. So Amanda and I had a lot of similar experiences <laughs> growing up. So great. No, this is all great information, Amanda. Really, re really appreciate your, your time and help with, with this one. And, uh, you know, Kate and I are always looking for, for new ideas. Feel free to email us. You can either email myself at whmartin at rockwellautomation.com or you can email Kate at ksokoln, which is, you know, her last name is Sokolnik. I, I wondered how you were going to go about that. Yours works that well. <laughs> but it's K-F-O-K-O-L-N at yeah. rockwellautomation.com. And, uh, Kate and I look forward to receiving your ideas and uh, those that get a shout out, we, we do send out swag. Our Rock Talk t-shirts and camera cover and a uh, credit card holder for your for your iPhone covers. So uh, email us your topics, we, we'd love to hear. Awesome, well thank you everyone for listening. As you know, you can find Rock Talk on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Apple Podcasts. Definitely like us and leave any comments and we will see you next time.